Mom Training Podcast with Diana Ballard. Hey ladies, welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. Today we are going to talk about something that I feel like all of us struggle with at one point or another with our children being a little bit different than us, maybe not knowing exactly how to deal with different personalities, you know, really to foster that creative genius in our children instead of suppress it. It's, it's something that we struggle with as parents because we have different personalities in the home. We're not all the same. We have our way of doing things. And then this other little person comes into the home and has these, these different ways of looking at life and they don't have boundaries like we have. And, oh, Oh my goodness. Sometimes it can be a lot, right? So today we're going to have a conversation with Janelle Marks. Uh, Janelle is going to introduce herself. So Janelle, welcome to the podcast today. Hi, Diana. How are you? I'm doing good. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself and your family? Sure. So I um, am a doula. I'm a certified birth doula, lactation, um, postpartum doula. I have seven children age four to 12. I'm a homeschool mom. And yeah, that, that is it in a nutshell. (laughs) I have some amazing kids. Um, some of them more challenging than others, but the bonus of that is that I get to kind of mentor other moms to be the best they can be and help their kids do the same. Yeah. I love that. I know when, when I brought, when I talked to Janelle the first time, that was the main thing that stood out to me was that she works on really cultivating the creative genius in each one of her children. And I feel like that's something that I personally need to work on because, you know, the differing personalities in my home. So why don't you tell me a little bit about like how you got started in that mindset and thinking about that with your kids, like were there struggles? And then you're like, oh man, I really need to work on this. So you went, you know, research way or like, like how exactly did that happen? Definitely. So, um, I, I'm a Christian mom. Um, so I would say my first step was really just like hearing God, you know, I'd get in those moments and be frustrated with my kids. And I'm like, I know you don't want me to be this frustrated. (laughs) So I would just have a little prayer, like show me what to do. And then from there, you know, of course we all as parents ask the different moms and parents that are amazing parents, what resources they have that would help. So, um, one of the first books that I actually received was the five love languages. And that changed the way I think about each of my kids dramatically, uh, because I realized that all of us instinctively go back to how we receive love And that's how we give love to every single person (laughs) that we're in relationship with. And I realized um, that not only was I kind of punishing my children when they didn't meet my expectations or their behavior was out of line, but when it came time to like restore our connection, no matter how hard I tried, they didn't feel any closer to me, Um, at least not to the level that I would have wished. So, you know, that's where I started digging and really trying to figure out what that meant to love my child in a way that actually fed them and made them feel really, really loved. So meaning, meaning that like you were, you were serving and and loving them in your love language. Yeah. And so it wasn't necessarily getting as deep for them because they needed their love language. So 
I guess my question is like most of us here have probably heard of the, you know, the, the love languages, the touch, the quality time. We'll just go over them a second. Um, service, um, words of affirmation and gifts, right? It's the five. So I guess my question is how does the book actually, I've never actually read the book. Does the book actually explain how to figure that out? Because I have kind of an assumption of what I think my kids are, but I could be totally missing the mark on them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and it can be, it can be hard because we all have a primary love language, but most of us have a secondary love language too. So that does make it difficult. But yeah, if you um, go on the website, it actually um, has a test that, you know, if your kids can read or if you can read to them or ask them questions or just really try and figure it out for yourself, there are certain questions you can answer and it'll give you a response um, for what that child's love language probably is. And it's going to be harder when they're little, right? You're not going to be able to ask the questions. You're just kind of reading their body language and things like that. Okay. So, um, so with the love language, just to kind of go off on a little bit on this, uh, what if their love language is completely opposite of yours? Like, like that's not your love language very much at all. Right. So I have like a kid that's very, very touch oriented and like, I love to hold hands and snuggle and that kind of stuff, but it's not, I don't need it. Like I could go for a while without somebody touching me for a long time, especially as a mom. Right. Right. As Um, a mom of seven, I, I, there comes a point where I'm like, okay, I need space (laughs) too. Cause I actually have two that are touch. So I get, okay. So what do you do? What do you do with them to give them what they need? So, you know, really that's time management as much as anything else, you know, they're learning every day how to respect and honor people and also respect and honor themselves and ask the same of other people. Right. So it's the same, you know, every day is another chance we get to teach our kids about boundaries. And that's, you know, as true as it is for them, as it is for us. So if we're to the point where we've spent, you know, 20, 30 minutes on the couch, cuddled up to a movie with, you know, our touch child and we've loved on them and we've, you know, (laughs) scratched their back lightly is what my, my son loves. Um, it's okay to say, okay, now it's, it's mommy's turn to have, have her own time. And I just, for a little while, I don't want to be touched and I'm going to talk to daddy and we're going to have time to love on each other or with this other child or whatever the case may be. I need time to do my mommy thing now, (laughs) if that makes sense. So it's pretty much communicating with them at the level that they can understand. Definitely. Definitely. Cool. Yeah. Cause, cause I think, I think that's a, a big struggle for us as moms with the, when there's so many different love languages around and knowing how to switch between and, yeah. you know, like you're saying the time management thing of, okay, have I said something, words of affirmation to this child? Have I, you know, given them an opportunity to serve or served them? Right. Uh, can I give them a gift of like an orange or a a cup of grapes, you know, (laughs) like how can I give, so it's very interesting to think about. So you feel that that's kind of transformed your ability to really connect with your children? I do. I mean, it's definitely changed the way we communicate about our feelings, which, you know, kind of brings me to what some of my next points were because our kids, um, there are so many, there's nine different forms of intelligence, right? 
So not only are they constantly learning by touching and speaking and listening, but they're also learning boundaries. They're learning like interpersonal intelligence by having these conversations, um, by talking about how they feel. You know, all of this is extremely educational, especially for homeschool moms that are home all the time and they have this time to think it through, but it's, it's easy to kind of skip over the conversations, right? Because you're in the day-to-day and you don't really slow down and realize that they're actually learning something that they're going to use forever. Um, But for me, it was a point of defining it. What actually are they looking for? (laughs) Like for me, because I have seven, I write it down. What are, what is this one's love language? Um, Have I fed into it in one way or another? Um, And for me, I have to take my own time in the morning first before I can actually like pour out into them as well. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, like, I, I'm slightly like, Oh, that'll be the day again, because like I'm up all night still with the baby or like a two-year-old peeing his bed or doing stuff like that. So I actually was able to get up this morning and I had 30 minutes to myself and I was like, wow, it is is new for me. Yeah. It's almost, (laughs) you know, I love getting up early morning. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I would love to discuss like your experience with like changing our mindset along with our behavior, like with, with our children. So that actually, um, was a different resource that I got, um, or I should say another, it's not that they're contradicting each other in any way. Um, but loving your kids on purpose was another resource that I found really transformative for my husband and I, um, because it changed the way we disciplined our children. Um, So for example, instead of having our kids be punished for not getting their shoes on, and it, it makes a lot more work for us parents, but instead of punishing them, oh, you didn't get it done, I'll either do it for you or you go to your room because you weren't listening, so on and so forth. it changed the way we related to our kids and stayed connected, stayed connected no matter what was going on. So it became, you didn't get your shoes on within the time that I asked you to. So you're going to have to go where we're going without shoes today. So they face the consequences immediately of their decisions, as opposed to when they're 18, they get it all (laughs) and we take care of it for them until then. Um, So that one was, very different. And it took a lot of time to get used to this concept. (laughs) Okay. I guess my question is, is how do you have the strength to hold to all of those? (laughs) Right. You know, cause like, I swear, like, you know, like it, I would love to have them take their consequences, right. For different things. But I feel like I'm the one that bends more often than not of like, Oh, well, I don't want them to not go without their shoes. And so I might threaten that, but then eventually like I'll put their shoes on, you know what I mean? So like, what what do you do with that? So, so let's say it is the shoe thing, right? My, my two-year-old didn't get her shoes on. So now she's going to have to go walk to the car without her shoes. She may have to go further without her shoes. At the end of the day, I can have her shoes and she has to earn them back. Right. But at the, at the end of the day, she's based her consequence to one level or another, and she can also 
love on somebody instead of disrespecting mommy on the way out the door, she can actually show that she cares about mommy, not only by apologizing, but let's think about mommy's love language and what works for her. Like, you're a great mommy. I'm words of affirmation. Like, (laughs) you're a great mommy. I'm sorry that I was disrespectful, you know, or dishonored you, however you want to word it for your child. And they can earn their, (laughs) their stuff back. It's really just a matter of you have to learn that your consequences have, you know, some kind of repercussion. I'm not going to take all of them for you. You have to realize you have to face the consequences of your actions hundred percent of the time. Yeah, no. And I, I feel like that, that is a struggle of this day and age of everything being like right at our fingertips. So my husband worked for a wilderness rehabilitation uh, program for teens. And it was that exactly what you're saying, where they would literally take the teens. They wouldn't even know. Most of them wouldn't even know where they were going and they would drop them in the middle of the desert with, (laughs) and they would have like a pack of food, like a pack for their back with like a blanket. And I mean, they could live, they could survive. Right. Um, but it was, you know, like troubled teens that would go out there and they would have to learn there that everything that they did out there had a consequence. If they ate all of their food in the beginning, they legit would not have food throughout the end of it. If they decided to, to get, you know, jump in the river and they got all their stuff wet then all their stuff was wet. And if it was cold that night, they were cold that night. You know, it was just a very interesting, um, learning. And, you know, I've had, I've known a couple of people who have actually gone through the program as teens and it was, they were like, it was life-changing because I actually was able to realize that my consequences actually really did affect me instead of always having, you know, like someone to, to pick up the slack all the time. Yeah, exactly. And sadly that is, you know, the culture that we live in is it normal for us to think this way as parents, like we, you know, let them have their own expectations that may not be realistic, but then we get them there however we can. And then when they turn 18, they're on their own and they're out of the house. And like, they have all these big things that they have to face all at once. But if there's a way that we can teach them like how to live a healthy and appropriate life, you know, in every way, then why not? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I, um, that, that really makes me think about like, I, I really need to shift a couple things where like, if, you know, if someone has a big crying fit, then, you know, it might influence me to like, try to like, not really give it to them, but like, kind of like work it back in so that they end up stop crying, you know? Definitely. So I think, I think you're right. Like it, it definitely is, you know, more challenging for us as parents in the moment, but honestly, te- being able to teach them that makes it, you know easier in the future when they're faced with bigger decisions than the shoes or eating their food or instead of going hungry and different things like that. It's like really big decisions like debt or, you know, who they marry or, you know, different things like that, which can really change their life immensely. Definitely. And, you know, we, as a mom of lots of little kids, part of our conversation when they're little is, oh, do you need a hug? You know, sometimes that's all it is, is let's pause for a second because they're so emotionally charged. Do you need a hug? And then we stay there for as long as it takes. And then it's okay. So what went wrong? (laughs) 
you know, and really address it. But that is a big part of what um, my husband and I have learned to do is just pause. Okay, hold on. I'm not going to say anything for a minute because I've got to kind of grasp the situation and my own emotions. And then I can really address their own emotions and what they're thinking about and feeling and so on and so forth. But all of us have to kind of get over the emotional tyranny of the moment that's taking over and then come to our senses and be able to think through it. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I, I, I like that. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I would love to know like how you deal with your children that are different than you. That's, that's a great question. Sorry. I think you asked that before and I didn't really answer that. So, um, like I said, I make a list of each of their love languages. Um, it's one of the things that I have to have like on my refrigerator, um, in order to do this correctly. So uh, I am words of affirmation. I think I might have one child that's words of affirmation. Um, but I have a quality time kid. I have gifts, children. I have two touch kids. Um, and I'm not touchy feely, never have been that one. I struggle with, um, quality time for some reason is just not my forte. I think maybe it's this season. I think it's, um, having seven kids, I'm always busy and it's really hard for me to sit down. Um, but it is about being purposeful, right? Just like anything, like any businesswoman knows, like you have to make your lists. And like, (laughs) if I got one thing done today (laughs) and sometimes that's what I have to do is just take a week and go, okay, did I fix this love language for that kid at least one day this week and purposefully spend that time. So like my son, that's quality time. He loves video games. I hate them. I hate video games. I don't like to sit there unless like Mario party. Right. but he knows that if I'm spending time like playing a video game with him or just sitting right next to him and watching him play and talk about it, like <laughs> roadblock speak is just, oh, but that's what I'll do with him and, and just be purposeful about it. Or I tell them, you know, I want them to take note of it as well. I want them to recognize when people are loving on them, like going out of their way to do something for them. So I do tell them like, okay, we're going to spend some quality time right now playing video games, or let's just sit down and talk about it, or let's sit down and cuddle. Um, and a lot of times it is just recognizing, um, that they're, they are where they are and they are who they are. And I don't want to change that by any stretch of the imagination. And I think you and I even talked about how (laughs) most kids are born creative geniuses. And that's another piece of this puzzle is I don't want to stifle any part of of that in order to get through the moment. And we as parents like have to do that to a certain extent. You know, some moments you just have to get through and bear down and, and get past it. But for the most part, I want them to understand that I'm purposefully spending time with them and loving on them. Does okay. that answer your question or no? Yeah. Well, I guess like the, the thing that really hit me of what you said, kind of like was a little bit of a spanking, well, <laughs> like stifling them just to get through the moment. And because, I mean, sometimes things can be really overwhelming as a mom, Yeah, you know, like 
like I literally, you know, saying like, man, I just, I can't take another thing. And then all of a sudden someone dumps something and it happens to be the same person that dumps something all the time. And then yeah. this happens. And, you know, say you have a kid that literally like multiple times an hour is doing things that like take all of your attention for like, you know, that five to 10 minutes, which is a lot sometimes, you know, um, I guess in those, in those moments, like how do you prevent yourself from stifling? Like I, I have a child that's insanely creative, determined, adventurous, uh, like wants to see everything in life. And I love that about him. But that's also the, the trait that is really challenging for me with four kids is because he's literally a one-on-one and I mean, I, I can't do that all the time, you know? So, so I guess like, how do you not smash pretty much their, their creative genius, those, those gifts and skill sets that they've, they're growing in without losing your mind. I mean, like, how can you, I guess, how can we enjoy those instead of have it be a stressor to us? So I use my son as an example all the time because he fits that bill to a T. He was into everything. He wanted to go see everything. And he was very just so um, he would run everywhere because he had to see everything. And it felt like life was all supposed to revolve around him. Um, He was also my strong-willed child, which didn't help. That's a different discussion for a different day. But at the end of the day, actually, these tactics worked better with him than anyone else. Because if he decided to, you know, throw something in the store or he decided to scream, he had to face that himself. I'm not cleaning that up. That's not our job to, if you spill a drink, we clean it up. I might help make sure you did it well, but it's your job to stop. Now you have to stop moving for a while until this is cleaned up and then we can go. Or he would, you know, run off, for example, um, when we, we, he got lost at knots or no, it was SeaWorld. He got lost at SeaWorld because he was running everywhere. Um, And with him, I had to be like, if you don't ask me to go somewhere, I'm going to have to put one of these like little backpack leashes on you. And I don't want to have to do that. But if you can't listen to me so I can keep you safe, that's what we're going to have to do in order to keep you safe. And it did work really, really well because he realized he couldn't just get out of control and I would fix up all the messes and like pause everybody's fun and, you know, take after him. It was no, no, no. You're you either listen and obey and allow us to all have fun or you're going to have to take a step back and you don't get to be that creative running around having fun moment and you're going to be the one that stops having fun for a while so that everyone else can enjoy their time does that make sense yeah do you feel like that took a little time though because I feel like I've tried that event like with with my little one um you know and they just can, you know, I don't, I I don't feel like he's finally, like, he's finally getting to the point where he can understand some of that or care enough, I guess. I don't know before it would, you know, I'd try to communicate and explain those things. And like, it'd be right back to the exact same thing, like the next minute, you know, a lot of age. Yeah. Like if they're, you know, under three and four, 
it's definitely really, really hard. But at the end of the day, if they realize they're going to have to hold your hand through the entire like time they're at the store or the entire time we're at a fun place like Magic Mountain, Knott's Berry Farm, wherever we are, they're not going to want to do it all day. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, they will eventually go, okay, how can I convince you that I, I'm going to be able to go over there or do this thing that I really want to do? And sometimes it's being smart and planning for that, for that day too. What does that look like? Having a conversation or just a short, as soon as we're getting out of the car, let's, let's make this a fun day where we listen and we respect each other and we get to go see all the fun things that everybody wants to see and communicate with each other really, really well. And they will learn. It's really, really hard in the beginning, but they do learn. Cool. Yeah. No, and I believe it because my older ones have definitely gotten a lot easier, you know, but I think when you're in the thick of things, it's definitely a challenge to, to say the least. Yeah. To like see the, the possibilities of the future with who they are right now, you know, um, you know, and I, I think that is so important because I mean, no parent is perfect. Right. So, you know, there were times when our parents might've suppressed something for us because we were different and we're going to probably do the same thing to our children, but how can we be just purposeful in trying to communicate, try to help them become the person that they, they were, they're born to be right. Um, and it, it really is just in putting that intention into our daily practice. And you can't just make it happen overnight. The, no, the number one thing to become a good parent is addressing the issues within yourself first, right? So that was the biggest learning curve with my husband and I was we've got to figure out, you know, both of our parents yelled, both of our parents spank, you know, um, which spanking is not bad. I've spanked all of my kids, but we, you know, it was to the point of like, we're angry and we're going to lash out that's how like our parents both worked. And we were like, I can't do that. But at the same time, I have triggers that make me like, "Er, that's what I I fall back on is I want to go there. And we, as parents have to catch ourselves and go, okay, well, wait, 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 (laughs) hold on. This is me, myself, and I having an emotional moment right now. Let me deal with myself. And then I can try and and deal with that situation. And, you know, if you're lucky enough to have your spouse there, that's a perfect opportunity to go, hold on. I've got to deal with myself, take over for a minute. And we do that a lot as well. Um, but I think one of the most encouraging things that I've read, um, recently that kind of helped me keep perspective was, um, they did a, a study at NASA where they followed 1600 kids. Um, and they studied them at the age of five, 98% of them actually tested at genius level Oh, as creative geniuses. Um, they followed the same kids and tested them again after they entered school. And, uh, when they, they were tested again at age 10, um, that number dropped to 30%. So only wow. 30% of them tested as creative geniuses. Um, at the age of 10, then they tested them again at 15 and it dropped all the way down to 12%. Um, (laughs) so 
that was kind of a wake up call for me to go, okay, hold on. I want my kids to be well-behaved, you know, for sure. But at the end of the day, if, you know, and I'm number anywhere I go, I get compliments because my kids are well-behaved and that's not because like I'm some perfect mom. It's because I had to like recognize my own needs and back up when I needed to. And that definitely was number one, but that article to me was like, okay, (laughs) I have to do this sooner rather than later and deal with my own triggers, my own emotional response, and then help them really delve into what they really want. You know, all of them are looking for something. Our job is just to go, oh, I see you want to explore this space. I want you to be able to explore this space, which is like spatial intelligence, right? Or whatever. But in order to do that, we're going to have to keep you safe. So how can you, how can you help me do that? Yeah. So. No, for sure. Yeah. I, I really like that. I really do think that, you know, we have such an opportunity as parents to be able to see these little people blossom into full grown functioning adults, you know, which is slightly scary at times to think of, you know, my kids are still pretty young, you know, seven and under at the moment. And, you know, I feel like I'm just barely getting into the the parts where it starts to get a little bit more complicated, where they have more choice and more independence and they want to do things and they want to make the pancakes and, you know, with the hot griddle and they want to, you know, <laughs> put in, you know, the, the debit card at the store and they want to do all these different things that um, is, you know, stretching their wings out yeah. and to be able to give them the opportunity to, try different things, experience different things. And also I'll deal with some risk sometimes, you know, like they're cooking with something hot. We educate, we don't touch this. They bump their arm against it. They're going to learn really quick that they, they need to really take that seriously. And this isn't something to mess around with, you know? Um, so I, I just, I think it, it definitely really does come down to me. I would say with my kids, because it's me not being like, Whoa, you know, put the brakes on. Oh my gosh. Don't touch that. Don't do this. You know, but to be able to actually like relax a little bit more to give them the freedom to experiment and experience and touch and feel and taste and, you know, the, the things of life. And like, I guess, how do I do that in a, in a safe, space, you know, like, you know, not saying like, I mean, this gets like a bad rep, like, you know, you're keeping your kids in a bubble. Right. But at the same time, my kids are really little, like they have to be in some kind of a bubble. You know what I mean? Like, I can't just be like, cool, run all over the neighborhood have fun in the street. Just be careful, you know? So like, so how do we create that safe area for our children to be able to experience and to have us step back just a little bit to let them grow in their abilities. Yeah. I mean, really it's, it's, you know, we talk about helicopter parents, but at the end of the day, it's just two different types of doing the same thing. Um, when it, when it's the playground, right. We could hold them the whole way up, but at the end of the day, they don't learn, you know, the bodily kinesthetic intelligence that makes them realize, Oh, if I, if my foot slips, I'm going to fall, 
But most of us, without even realizing it or thinking it through, stop holding them. <laughs> we keep our hands here and they're up here and we stand there and we make sure, but they're still learning and they're, they're getting it and we're still protecting them. And it's the same way with like cooking. For me, I have the emotional reaction immediately. Uh, like I'd rather you just get out of the kitchen <laughs> and not hurt yourself and I'll take care of it. And what I've learned to do is just take that breath and go, um, you're not old enough to pour without spilling yet. So you watch how we do it for a little while and you're somewhat older sister is going to be very careful and have pot holders on before she ever touches anything on the stove. You know, it really is those little thoughtful moments of how do I put the protective layer on what we're doing without stifling that creativity completely? You know, sometimes <laughs> I do need a break in the kitchen. And sometimes it's like, why don't you sit down and learn fractions? And then the next time we need to measure, you're going to be able to actually help me, you know, and <laughs> sometimes it's all about how I, you know, how you phrase what you're actually wanting or saying is you study that. And when you've done this, we can, we can be a little more creative and responsible. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that really comes down to just that open communication of explaining, I know that you want to be really good at this. So right now you're learning. So I need to teach you how to do this so that you can be really good at it as you grow, you know, and yeah. that means a lot to kids. It really does. Cause they do want to become good at stuff. They want to, to spread their wings. They want to be independent. They want to let the, the, you know, that creative genius out. Like, I feel like that's naturally there for children to, to want to explore and reach and touch and, and be involved in everything. And that's a beautiful gift that, you know, imagine if that hadn't have been stifled in a lot of us growing up, like how different the world would be if all of us could be okay with letting our creative genius, like in our skill sets and our love for life and adventure, just be alive. Exactly. Exactly. I even remember like taking, you know, they would they would do the tests when you got to like what junior high or high school where they tell you what you would be great at as a career. And mine was like social work or a mom. Like it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> anything that was like going to really get my juices flowing and like work for me. So what better situation than our parents who know us better than anything, just recognizing us from the beginning as who we are and nurturing it you know, carefully, right? Your kids are all little, so it's a different season of life, but, you know, just recognizing it and speaking to it and empowering, you know, that's something that like this next season for us is going to be about is like really empowering my kids. They're all into different things. And it's a beautiful thing to homeschool just because I can let my 12 year old do my marine biology and take it as far as he wants. And my daughter to do cooking. She's super into the chemistry of cooking and engineering. But at the end of the day, like how beautiful to just be a part of that and watch them like actually light up with what they're doing and who they are. Like I named my kids because of what I felt, you know, God was telling me about who they would be. And it's really following that same idea, you know, not causing them to doubt their 
God given, you know, nature and genius, but actually like speak more of that into them and empower them to follow it and not doubt it because they're in punishment mode or they've done something wrong. Yeah, no, for sure. That definitely makes me want to go work on myself and what like I've shut down or like, you know, situations around me has shut down in me and how to be able to make my children feel comfortable being who they are and who God made them to be, you know, like they're what, what skill sets, what passions that they have. Um, cause you just never know who's actually in your home. You don't know who, who you're raising, what their influence is going to be, what they're going to, they're going to do in life, what career they're going to do, what type of life they're going to lead. It's kind of cool to think it about is. that there are, there are little people in our home right now that are going to grow up into influential adults in whatever they decide to do. And so how can we help foster that? So I, I love that. Yeah. And, you know, I I hope to encourage other moms, you know, my strong-willed child, he challenged me in every way possible. Um, But with him, I also came across an article that said strong-willed children are actually more likely to become entrepreneurs um, because they challenge everything and everyone they encounter and they learn to really like grab hold of what they want and get it in whatever way possible and they end up being you know millionaires of tomorrow and so for me it was like okay remember (laughs) remember he's just (laughs) discovering what he can push and and who it's not smart to push against either you know there are certain people that love you and want the best for you and they're fighting for that and if you fight against them you're gonna (laughs) end up in loads of trouble and heartbroken so yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts today. I feel like we could keep going for a while. Like I, I got like, this is really good, but, um, I, for, for the mom that right now is struggling to, uh, really embrace and enjoy her child. Cause we all love our children, whether we enjoy them all the time or not. Right. right. <laughs> um, but like for the mom that's struggling to embrace and enjoy a child in her home, what would you say to her as we close up? I would say breathe. Number one, breathe. Take the time you need. If it means closing your bedroom door while they're screaming at the door (laughs) and breathing, recognize that you're important too. Your feelings are important. Even if your children at the moment can't recognize it, can't nurture it themselves, can't love on you take the time you need to become powerful again when you feel like you can be powerful in that moment and strong go out and then you can address their feelings and what's actually going on and a lot of times it's thinking through you know beforehand hold on what does it look like to handle their big emotions is it just a hug Is it that they want to feel heard? Do they want to feel powerful? How can I give their power back and be there to nurture their emotions and their creative genius? How can I show them in this moment that they are powerful, that they can choose to to scream and yell 
Um, but at the end of the day, I'm only there to be their, you know, hug or their touch or <laughs> their words of affirmation person. And we'll get through it together as opposed to butting heads constantly. Um, because that is what we, what we tend to do by nature is just fight until the stronger one wins. And really, if we change that paradigm to we're making each other more powerful, it changes everything. It really does. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, ladies, I hope you have been able to grasp something for yourself that inspires you today to be able to enjoy and embrace your child where they're at and also to love yourself, give yourself some grace as we're all learning together of how to work with each other, deal with each other, get along with each other, love each other. So thank you so much, Janelle, for your, your wisdom and for thank being you. with us today. And uh, ladies, we'll see you next Tuesday on the mom training podcast.